My name is Carlos, and my story is about the destruction of art, the self-destruction of art. Hi, hey, I'm Chris, and I'm going to talk about a hemp, two humps, and a hamper. What do all these stories have to do with the word canvas? Find out in this week's episode of History Bluffs. Hello and welcome to another episode of History Bluffs, where truth is stranger than fiction. I want to welcome to the show your host, it's Gina. Hi, everybody. <laughs> it is me. How are you out there in La La Land or TV Land or whatever this is, Screaming Land? I'm Gina. I will be your host and referee for this evening's version of History Bluffs. Uh, I have three people uh, on your right, my left, and they are going to be uh, telling you three versions of a story based on one topic. Um, uh, I just wanted to just say hi to everybody. Um, Carlos is, is doing some uh, signs up in the top square, so we'll start with him. <laughs> Carlos, how's your week been, man? Uh, the sign is three. Uh, it's oh, it's, it's the number three. I'm doing good. The weather's nice here in Chicago. It's only 50-something degrees, I assume, or 45 degrees or something like that. It's 39 degrees. I was wrong. It's bad. It's bad. You know what 39 starts with? What? A three. three. That's right. Gang sign nine. There it is. Right. Don't go into three territory. Now, speaking of uh, gang signs, you know, which were probably at one point drawn, um, if you had the opportunity to see an artist over any period in history, who would be the one person you'd like to like be on, the, be over their shoulder watching them work? Mm, Banksy, so that I'd be like, I know who you are now. Who is Give it? Who is it? I'll tell everyone. <laughs> Wait, who? Banksy. Yeah, good compliment. Banksy's really, I really enjoy Banksy's art. I think it's great, revolutionary. I appreciate that this is an individual who has decided not to uh, take any credit for their work. Although I wonder if they did take credit for their work, would their work be as famous uh, and cool. as yeah. valuable? Even though they don't sell their work, they just put it out there and then someone will come by and say, that's my wall. I'm selling a Banksy. So does Banksy <laughs> even get any cash? It's so frustrating. It's like Spider-Man not making any money off Spider-Man merchandise. Peter Parker's poor, everyone. He's a yeah. poor college student. He's raised by his aunt. I know, Who's I know, I know. dead. Spoilers. <laughs> oh. Look at that. In the worst, well, in the worst version, version of the character ever. I'm the I said it. Oh, gosh. Well, lots of spoiler alerts here. Well, we're going to um, now go to Darren. And um, we've met Carlos. Darren, we'd like to meet you. Tell the world who Hi. you are. Uh, you already said it. I'm Darren. Darren, you <laughs> have, um, I have been to your house. And in that room in particular, you have an amazing array of art. Um, is there any piece in particular that has special meaning to you or that you found in, a, in an interesting way? Well, uh, all the the masks you see behind me, we've are all masks that we bought when we traveled, and we bought in the country. But you know, they're made in the country. We bought them. They're none of it's made in China. But <laughs> up on the other wall, you you can't see from here. Uh, we have some pieces made by uh, Renoir's grandson, who uh, makes Ooh. pieces that are based off of his grandfather's paintings. And so we have several scenes that are his version of. Some of the things you see in the very famous painting, 
uh, the Boatmen, which is uh, mm -hmm. takes place on the river in Paris in like the eight late 1890s, I think. I never so found I, the Boatmen, the man, man in the boat. Never found him. You didn't? Adam, oh, Adam. The oh, Adam. Oh, Adam. Laura will be very, very happy. <laughs> so, uh, hey, Darren, um, I have a question. Do you, like, does he like draw stick figures in the boats, or like, if it's his grandson, like, how does it? How is he? Is he talented as well, or is it like he, more he's a red, red and white striped sweater with a hat? Huh? Yeah. Oh, it's yeah. oh, well, that's how you find the man in the boat. Jeez, oh. Same guy, yeah. You bring no, in the third guy with a hat, and that's what you do. And you just sit to the side, Adam. And let oh. that guy do find it. Oh, oh, okay. okay. Yeah, I see how it is. Oh. No, but no, is the art real? Like, is it? Why are the children here? Really? Really? I think it is actually. Oh, okay. He's actually, actually a, okay. a good artist in his own right. Okay. Oh, a good artist in his own right. In his own draw. Haha, <laughs> get it? Uh, okay. Like, so mm, mm -hmm. Now we go to Chris. Hey, Chris, how are you? Hello, I'm good. Thank you. Hey, um, you're, you're, you represent yourself. Uh, ever so often, every so often in vests and hats and things like that. Do they have special meaning for you? And I'd love to learn what that what that is. Uh, a few of them. Like I, I don't know if you can see it on camera here, but I have a wall uh, over here that has several hats, and a couple of them are from uh, golf trips to Ireland or, or Scotland. Um, and but the the hats most recently that you've seen me on, are, uh, there's one that um, I, I did buy. Uh, in uh, on, on the southwest part of Ireland, but the other couple are uh, ones that I just really purchased over the counter simply because I had to get larger hats because my hair has grown so much since the pandemic uh, that some of those don't fit me anymore. So <laughs> I love that more than you know. I had to get larger hats because my hair is so big. Your hair is very big, and is, have you cut it since COVID ever? Like, uh, no, I have not yet. No, you, that's what I thought. Okay, that's fascinating. The reason I asked all this, these artsy questions is that this week, um, and not that it has to be uh, pigeonholed into this place, but basically we're going to be doing a, um, our topic to this week is Canvas. Um, I'm going to tell you the rules of the show, and then we're going to get right into it. Canvas works like this. That's the topic that all three of the actors have been given. They have to tell you a story um, related in some way to the word Canvas. The rules and the only rules that there are uh, will be that they cannot, um, they cannot, we will not know until the end of the show. Uh, one of these three people will be telling a story that is completely a bluff. They're trying to bluff you. They're trying to trick you. And they're trying to let you, you know, not your, they don't want you to know. Um, they're going to make a story that's so compelling that you will actually think it's real, even though it is probably not. So one of these actors will be doing that tonight. The rest of the actors will be telling a story that is completely true and based on the word canvas in some way. Uh, the only thing that we ask from the people watching at home is that please, don't uh, look things up on on Google and comment and let everybody know who you are. you're welcome to vote but don't look it up because we want the game to be literally that a game that you don't really know um so that we can figure out which of these three will be bluffing for this show the rest of the actors will be telling the truth uh if they're telling the truth it must all be factual if they're telling a bluff uh, they can throw a couple of facts in there just to throw you off a little bit so that's how it goes vote along tell us uh, any comments you have as you go you can type them along the side and we uh, probably will play back with you and we're just going to start um the they uh they're tell those they will tell 
their stories in three rounds. The rounds will get progressively shorter just for funsies. And then uh, we will pick at the end who you would like to uh, vote for as the whole bluff for the game. And uh, I'll tell you how the uh, game goes at the end once we get there. So let's start. Um, we're going to start in the order that they came out. I'm going to go with Darren first. And Darren, uh, there was a little bit of, there were some technical difficulties at the top of the show. So when you start before the uh, before the timer begins, can you tell us your first opening line that you said at the very beginning, just in case it didn't scan for the rest of the audience? Sure. Okay. And then we'll get the boom going as soon as you're done. And you mean, will... all right, ladies and gentlemen, we're going to begin round one. All right. My story is about fraud in the world of art. And the title of my story is You're Out of Line. All right, here we go, Darren. The clock is yours. Everyone knows that an original work of art signed by the artist is more valuable than just a copy or a print. But what exactly defines original? So, like, what if you used a really high-quality printer that actually prints with oil paints on real canvas, but then had the original artist add in some brushstrokes and hand embellish the painting and then actually signed it himself or herself in person. Is that still an original work of art? Is that more valuable than just a copy? Well, cruise ship purveyor of supposed fine art Park West Galleries of Southfield, Michigan says yes. And to this date, they've sold billions of dollars of fine art from the likes of Peter Max, Thomas Kincaid, Wyland, and even Rembrandt. Yeah, that Rembrandt you're thinking of. And they sell this to unsuspecting cruise ship passengers who show up at their champagne art actions to get a free glass of bubbly and then you know, find something nice to decorate their man cave or their she shed with. But how original are these works of fine art and how valuable are they? Are they worth something or are they worth less than that free glass of champagne out of a $2 bottle of champagne? Oh, I don't know, but that's a great question. Carlos, what do you think? Uh, I'm not sure if uh, if Darren's story is truthful because of how many times he used air quotes while telling his story. Uh, I have cramps in my fingers. I'm sorry. Okay, fair enough. Fair enough. <laughs> bunny, bunny. Mm. Uh, but, uh, uh, I, I had a hard deep. time finding the boat. <laughs> Uh, but I do, if it's true, I do think that people that go to cruise ships to buy art deserve to be swindled. So if it's true, they deserve it. But I'm not sure if it's true or not. Toki Toki. Okay, so so Carlos is using the, uh, either Darren has arthritis or he's using air quotes too much uh, defense. Uh, Chris, what say you? Well, uh, I thought it was interesting that um, he asked the question, what is an original? And then he used the word original uh, several times and question. And it's a very timely topic because as some of you may know, um, there's a debate going on right now, a thing called chat GPT. Uh, GPT. Uh, so I suspect that Darren, worldly man that he is, became interested in the GPT topic that's going around right now with people where they use artificial intelligence to write stories for them i think he might test it he said let me test this chat gpt with this story about and that's what we're listening to right now oh, all right 
So he's uh, he's saying that this story is artificial. I get it. All right. Well, that means that we, we are done with your round one, Darren. Um, we're going to scooch on over to Carlos right now, and he's going to get to tell his story as soon as the boom hits. All right. Boom. Coming at you. All right. I'm here to talk today about Claude Monet. We're going to go way back in history and talk about this great artist, this great impressionist. But you know what? Like all, like everyone on the planet, he was a little uh, insecure about his art, especially in his later years. And at some point, he did something insanely drastic because of it. But we're not there yet. We're going to save that. All right. Let's just talk from the beginning, okay? Even in the second half, well, not the beginning, the second half of his life, he was already famous, but he started creating art on two different canvases. Uh, on the more traditional, he applied his paintbrush to bring his uh, to life his famous Impressionist paintings, but on the more natural, he used his green thumb to craft an incredible garden at his home in Giverny, France, out of the surrounding landscape, uh, and his soon-to-be iconic imported water lilies and Japanese bridges, you know, he go to his he went go to his garden for inspiration. We all know that if we know Monet's work, you know, for the remainder of his life at this point, he would continue to work on a series of paintings popularly known as water lilies that may have varied in size and composition, but I'll reveal his obsession with perfection of light and likeliness of his garden, and I'll continue later. Style telling there, Carlos. I was very entranced by it. It was very, it was very interesting. I'm not really sure I learned anything, but I was interested. <laughs> How dare you? How dare you? Chris, what, what do you think? <laughs> Well, I I I, uh, I think that's an astute observation on your part, Gina. And uh, it's interesting. He so right after he said he began this uh, nonstop miming and was continuing. Times, an awful lot of miming. I didn't say awful miming, but an awful lot of miming. Um, and I, I believe that Carlos right now is practicing the art of distraction. Ah, that's very don't cool, know what you're talking about. He might be taking a page from Darren's arthritic little fingers. <laughs> I feel sorry for his arthritis acting up like this. It's, I know, it's probably I know. The, the cold up there in Chicago. That's yeah. right. Darren, well, I don't what know do you much think? I don't know much about Monet, but I might want a Manet for my man cave. Um, <laughs> I don't have a moan cave. No, don't give him a no. You <laughs> what, take what, that back. What? I, uh, I don't you take uh, that rim shot back. It's not deserved. Oh, I'm glad you have the effect for it, though. <laughs> I'm impressed. Five enough, points to that's right. That's right. Five I'm here to serve. Gryffindor. Yeah. Yes. Yes. But Darren, was that your only rebut? Little. That's all I got. Oh, that's all. I, um, hey, uh, I have a question, Carlos. Um, who do you think was better, uh, Monet or Rich Little? <laughs> that impression. Oh boy! Now put in the rim shot. You have a sad <laughs> one. Better the sad rim shot. Yeah. 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 There, there it is. is. There it is. I know it was that's sad. Sad as rim you. shot. Man, oh, you know there, what? That the only thing that that sad. Whatever that was, the trauma, the sad trombone can lead us into and that is round two. Oh, wait, no, round no, two. Wait, no, oh, no. not yet, not yet. Wait, story I, number I, three. I take it back. You know why? Because Chris, Chris has been sitting patiently holding up a three, like, and look at me. Go ahead, Chris, it's your turn. He's it's holding up his gang back. signal. My bad. G my That's bad. Right. Gina, Gina, for those viewers watching the video show mm -hmm. instead of the audio show, Gina, what's that right above your head? 
Oh yeah, that's the round tracker nine thousand that I. <laughs> I'm sure I don't see everything above me. We spent fifty thousand dollars on that. The whole budget. You were and using I it. Budget. it was only for when I host, so oh, I feel horrible God. now. But <laughs> all <laughs> right. Hey, it's Chris's turn. We know that now. We all know that now, including me, Chris. When the boom starts. All right. So. For those of you that are familiar with Canvas, you know that part of the makeup of Canvas is hemp. That comes in handy later on in this story. So I'm going to take you way back past Monet, way, way, way back, all the way to October 11, And a Muslim led by Ayyubid Sultan Saladin captured the holy city of Jerusalem. Pope Clement IV ordered able male for a crusade to recapture the city, led by Duke Frederick of Bohemia and Duke Leopold V of Austria. An army was gathered and they sailed for the Middle East because Frederick had signed a treaty of friendship with Saladin in, in, uh, about uh, 13 years earlier. Uh, to of the termination of their alliance. So he sent, in May of 1188, he sent uh, Count Henry II of Dietz to present an ultimatum to Saladin. The, the sultan was ordered to withdraw from the lands that he had conquered and to, to make satisfaction for those Christians in the war. Otherwise, Frederick would disavow their treaty. The mission was partially successful. They were able to recapture um, Assad and Jaffa, but they didn't capture Jerusalem, but they got a big surprise gift. And I'll tell you what that is in round two. Wow. Oh, wow. Deep fought the deeps and there was a surprise. We'll see what that is later. Darren, your turn. Tell us what you think about that. Well, I, there was a lot of name dropping in there. Is that like a name Saladin of names? There's so many in there that were just tossed in there that I, I can't even keep up with all those facts. But if you ask me to name all the people, I can only think like Frederick and Saladin. And Dietz. Don't forget Dietz. And Carlos. And Owen Dietz. Yeah, Dietz and Watson. And Dietz and Watson. Yeah, you know, Chris is uh, Kaiser Sozang, as he his want to do. I'm sure in front of him is a, a can of sardines and a, a DVD from the Disney vault of Aladdin, uh, or probably VHS in Chris's case. VHS of Aladdin, the original one, and a can of sardines, so he amalgamated that to create Saladin. Um, I really yeah, enjoyed ah, the... Right, audience, you're learning something. I really uh, enjoyed the use of the word amalgamate. I'm not sure if you I'm not sure if you used it correctly, but it was, it was a good word, and I give you plus one points. It's a portmanteau. How about that? What? A portmanteau. Ooh, is I that love a portmanteau. It is a nautical story. And I'd be portmanteau. Like, oh, portmanteau is my favorite wine. Really? Sad trombone. Sad <laughs> <laughs> trombone. So sorry. This is the worst, these, these are the worst puns in the world. Um, but you know what that leads us into? The sad trombone does lead us into round two. And now everybody has finished their stories and we're going to round two. Here we go. Yes. Round two is here. You, what's that? Round two is here. It is. It's here. And in round two, we're going to start in a, uh, we're going to go down to 45 seconds. So they have a shorter amount of time to do their stories. And we're going to start with you, Carla. Go ahead. Whenever you are ready, start your round two story. 
Okay, oh my let's goodness. Go. All right, Carlos, you're up to bat you and go. you're round. Here comes the boom. Let's go to where Monet first moved to the area with his garden in 1890. After several years of renting, he bought his house in Giverny and began to construct his beloved garden, which was the basis for his great impressionistic water lily work. Okay. He planted, nurtured, and composed his garden, assisted by no less than six Six, count them, six gardeners. Everything was crafted according to his impeccable eye. Ponds were added where there were none before. Bridges modeled after Japanese tradition were built. And a colorful and verdant masterpiece of flowers were thoughtfully planted. And uh, and a, he appropriated a local water supply for this. And if that wasn't obnoxious enough, the town got wind that he also planned to fill it with exotic imported flowers. They were concerned that these water lilies would poison their water, so they tried to levy fines against this artist, but he successfully fought them off, and his water lily-filled garden was born. And this became his art, but he, again, this would not help with his, with his future insecurities, which would result in destruction! Let me continue! Monet, one of the best artists in the whole world, had insecurities. I don't buy it. I'm just throwing <laughs> it out there. I was like, <laughs> Chris, Chris, what do you think? Well, he had six gardeners. All this stuff that he listed, that Carlos listed, in a lot of detail. Was he an artist or a landscape architect? That's what I want to know. And then, and then he calls him later on. He calls him this artist because he, in his in his verve for uh, in there, he forgot the guy's name. It's Monet. You're talking about Monet, not this artist, Monet. You know what, Chris? He was rich. That's what he was. <laughs> so he could do what he wants. Okay. You know what, Chris? We're all going to talk like this now. <laughs> Darren, your turn. You have to talk like that, though. I can't get that close to my camera. Well, okay. <laughs> the arthritis. Okay. <laughs> well, um, now the microphone's back here, though. <laughs> so I, I'm guessing that all of this knowledge Monet had of like building Japanese bridges meant he had imported some ninjas who trained him in the arts of swordplay to fight off the local townspeople and take control of the water supply. Is, is that what we're expected to believe? That some artist? Is Darren, going to fight off possibly. the French. That can't possibly be true because Monet was not in that Teenage Mutant show. He just wasn't. I'm sorry, nope. it was many other artists, but not him. <laughs> uh, so that your story does not hold water lilies. All right, we're going to move on now. Um, we're actually going to go to Chris for your part two of your story. <laughs> in how do we know? Round two. Go for mm -hmm. it, Chris. As soon as you hear the boom. Okay. Big surprise was that they had captured... Sultan Saladin. So a few days after Christmas of uh, 1188, uh, um, Frederick Hungarian, Byzantine, and Serbian envoys in Nuremberg, they were trying to negotiate, were trying to um, uh, mediate this whole thing going on. They promised provisions of safe conduct for the crusade. Uh, an agreement was reached, but it required Frederick to swear an oath for the crusaders' good behavior. The crusading army, however, they didn't abide by this good behavior provision. They didn't sign the agreement. And while they were and they were using it to relax from the stress of the war, but they were also totally jacked up from their partial victory uh, and that they were heading home. So uh, they went through these countries like just like an invading army that they were, and they took what they wanted. They just, you know, did no regard for local laws or customs, and they infuriated the local governments and the local governments got together 
and they secretly hatched a plan of their own that would roof with Ang in round three. Ooh, I apologize. That last part, they secretly hatched a plan that would what? Anger Fredericks. I got you. So it would, they were just going to be poking the bear. I get you. I get yep. you. Um, Darren, what are your thoughts? Well, I mean, is probably one of the most amazing literary similes I've ever heard that this invading army went through the country like the invading army that they were. <laughs> just so believable because I, mean, I would believe that out of an invading army, they would do that. Trying to paint the picture, trying to paint. And you did with a with a brush. <laughs> Technically, it was a simile, a good one. Who knows? So, uh, Carlos, your thoughts? That's the only way you're painting a picture because I don't know what this has to do with canvas anymore. What does it have to do with canvas? Chris? Hemp. Canvas is made of hemp. Not <laughs> all canvas. My favorite part Early, of the whole thing was that the origination but, of canvas. It was created with hemp. I just like that some dude knowing that these guys marched all the way from Europe said, Hey, you guys have to behave. Like that's so <laughs> dumb. <laughs> and that somebody else signed it and said, Yep, that's okay. We're cool now. Hey, <laughs> Go ahead. Hey. Yeah, because you know, boys hey, think well, just them by themselves. Uh hey, let's um let's go now to uh I, I think it's Dar uh, excuse me, Carlos has, has just uh Chris has just talked. Darren has not had a chance to speak. I have not. Uh, let us have him come up and tell his round his round three of his I mean his round two of his round two. Correct. Whatever it is. Okay, so let's look at Thomas Kincaid paintings in particular, of which over $53 million of them were sold in the 1990s and 2010s. Uh, Kincaid's production method was described as quote a semi-industrial process in which low-level apprentices embellish a prefab base provided by Kincaid. And the process worked like this. Kincaid did create an original painting, and then he employed a number of assistants who would make multiple prints of it in like a factory way, and they would touch them up with manual brush strokes, with Kincaid just kind of supervising and once in a while adding a few brush strokes of his own and then signing it. Thus, he could say, it's an original Thomas Kincaid. So do those few brush strokes make it an original, or is this just some sort of elaborate scam to bilk unwitting cruisers into paying thousands of dollars for a basically worthless canvas? Well, the proof is in the appraisal, and I'll talk about that in the last segment. Oh, the proof is in the appraisal. I really thought you were going to say pudding, so that was great mislead. Uh, Carlos, your thoughts? Was it a great mislead or just a For mislead? Me? <laughs> Was it what? Uh, I feel like Darren just said the same thing he said before. I don't know that he added anything new to this second round, which is a telltale sign of someone who's making some stuff up. Oh, oh I think that's, he just called you a bluff. That's or just your her. appraisal. Oh, uh -huh. that gets a drum roll. Well done. <laughs> or rim that was good. That there was it is. Good. Now, was, it, was that an official accusation? I mean, we need to log which is the official accusation. <laughs> I'm not making an official accusation till it's time, till the the uh, meter rounder 5,000 or whatever the hell she called it uh, is lit up all the way. All right. I'm all saying right, right now my, that my suspicions okay. are drawn even more towards Darren. 
They're right. drawn towards Darren. Oh, jeez. Yes. Yeah, wait till you see what I draw no, no, in round three. That was a good oh, pun. That was a good one, Chris. Right. Chris, it is now your turn to attempt a pun or. Well, a can I comment real quick on Darren? Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. that's what I meant. Yeah. That's, yeah. So, so uh, I thought it was very interesting. Kincaid, Thomas Kincaid, and his, you know, the originals and his forgeries and 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 all this stuff. I think of a movie that Darren probably saw recently, The Thomas Crown Affair, involving oh, art fraud and theft and thievery and general bad doings. Mm -hmm. He's another. Well, like, clever. You got to give him that. That movie. That, he is that clever. He is. Clever. He is. He is clever. <laughs> All right. So he's Here's saying that maybe you're getting your information from The Thomas Crown Affair. I give him I don't nothing. know. What? <laughs> I give him nothing. I give him nothing? You know why? Because we're done with that round. That. that means that we're moving on to round this one, the one that Carlos said at the very beginning. <laughs> that must be round three. Yeah, yeah. And we're in. It's round three. Now we're going to mix up the order and the rounds get even shorter. Um, oh The first person, what's that? Oh, my God. So short. 45 so seconds. Short. Was a good How one. many? Yeah. That. Yep, Tell 45 me. seconds. Yeah, and we started with 75, so like they have to tell their story fast. And I'm going to start with Carlos. <laughs> it is your turn to go. What? All right, Carlos, here comes your clock. Okay, in 1908, we're in 1908 now. After three years of Monet, Claude Monet, working on a new set of paintings, and right before they were scheduled to travel to Paris for the opening of a new exhibition of his work, he decided that at least 15 of his precious canvases weren't up to snuff. So he took a knife and errant paintbrush to the canvases and destroyed them. He slashed them with the brush and the knife, and they had to postpone the show. And some people say that this costs like the equivalent of what, like 200 grand? To this day, it's like 100 grand or over 2 million today. 100 grand back then in in 1908 oh my gosh oh my god so my only question is if you take a knife to your canvas but you sell it is it still an original that's a daring it's question it's, a dare, dare it's, a, it's multiple original i mean as long as the artist used their knife to do it and didn't have their assistant do it i think it's good <gasps> real talk you, though they have to make sure they sign it Real talk? Good. Yes. I think that it would not only be an original, <laughs> but it would probably be more valuable than his other stuff because people are like, this is the stuff he didn't even want, but he mm -hmm. destroyed it, you see, so it's gone forever. There are only, like, I think, 250 of the water, no, 249 because one of them burned at MoMA in 1950 or something, so there are only 250. like 249 uh, nine of the water. <laughs> oh, I, I do that one, uh, <laughs> one of Monet's uh, pieces. That looks like a frogger, I think. That's, uh, that's uh, yes. an authentic frogger. Like frogger. But I signed it, so you can I can sell this now. Anybody wants to buy this? It's got my signature on the bottom. It is a Monet, perhaps a copy. We don't know if it's digital. Gina, Gina, <laughs> Gina. That's that's Monet. What's that? That's your Monet. Yeah, that's my name. No, that's <laughs> Lesney. That's Lesney, Gina. That. She wants some Monet. <laughs> oh, <laughs> okay. Oh, that's. <laughs> all right. All right. I don't all have right. enough sound effects for these. She is a Claude. Yeah, no, Carla, oh. or, Chris, you 
we get to talk about Carlos's uh, ending to his. All right. His so. Story. Yeah. So so you know, literally, Darren mentions uh, you know my reference of of Thomas Crown Affair that triggered Pierce Brosnan reference from Darren. Literally seconds later, says Monet Claude Monet. Pierce Brosnan played as we all know James Bond. That triggered Carlos. Oh, I could add this in because he's completely making this up on the fly. So I'm still not yet, but just pointing that out. It was literally within 15 seconds of Darren saying Pierce Brosnan. He said Monet, Claude. Pierce with a sword. You triggered me in the way that you challenged my pronunciation of Monet in the last round. You triggered me, not Darren. On the screen, like a real live <laughs> fight, like they're coming through the panels to get to each other. Um, so I gotta break this up for a second. And in a moment, I just want the audience to know though, like that he cut his paintings, Monet cut his paintings, he did not use a claw. Um, so he didn't his his paintings were not clawed, they were cut. Okay, I just wanted to I wanted to get that because he kept saying Claude Monet. Um, yeah. so now it is time to go to uh, Darren's story. This is, I mean, sorry, that was, no, this is your third round. You get to tell us your last part of the story okay. and you get to start at the boom. All right. So what is worth more? This plate that I made at age five, which my mother <laughs> says is priceless or a Thomas Kincaid painting. So I did a survey of an online art appraisal website earlier. And there's two kinds of Thomas Kincaid paintings. There's those that are dated from the late 80s before his period of mass production. And those made later and probably sold on cruise ships. I found one 1980 Kincaid with an auction estimate of thirty dollars to $50,000. It's not bad, right? Wow. But the later paintings, well, let's just say this plate you can eat off of this. It has utilitarian value. <laughs> Hold on. <laughs> I am not sure I got the point. So you that plate is worth more than a Kincaid that was made on a printer? Oh, yeah. Oh, my gosh. So now we know the answer. Okay. Or do we? We don't know if he's bluffing. Chris, what do you think? Well, uh, kudos to, to Darren for his artistic skills at age five. That's pretty impressive. Uh, yeah. And... Uh, and also for time. his, uh, uh, yeah, uh, clearly, and, and his ability to keep things uh, intact. And, and uh, I mean, that is. Uh, oh, no, my more... mother's a hoarder. Okay, there you go. I was going to say, that, that was more than 10 to 20 years ago that he was five years old. So that thing's in pretty good shape for as old as it is. Um, but, uh, however, having given, I'm still highly skeptical. And, uh, and I think that. Um, Especially referencing the the uh, online surveys and, and pricing and all that stuff, it, it leaves me even more the Chat GPT theory that I had at the beginning. Oh, I actually thought it lent credence to his story, so I don't know. And I also want to like take that picture and send it to a psychologist so we can analyze your personality. <laughs> um, can they do that for like children? <laughs> like you drew a bow tie I'm, or a bra? I don't know. That's okay, his, so I thought it was his <laughs> version of the United States. It's the infinity symbol. Oh my God! So I, much I think it's the door to a 1974 Impala, which is what my uh, dad was driving at the time. Oh, well, you see, you can extrapolate anything, Carlos. What do you think about that? And it was. Uh, I think that uh, the year. I think I saw the year 2016 on that, so that's concerning. Um, also, uh, it's concerning that Darren uh, 
equates uh, his mother love of him with hoarding. That's that's concerning <laughs> too. Uh, and uh, also, you can eat off any art. Any art is utilitarian, as you put it. I could take the Mona Lisa, lay it down, put a pizza on it, and you eat the it. pizza. I mean, yeah, I could. I could do that. It's and gonna that ruin the painting, but I could do that to anything. So any piece of art can be used to eat food. And I could pick food where the painting will be almost not even damaged if I lay down would... some napkins over it. So any piece of art is utilitarian. So your plane ain't nothing, brah. And Carlos, that would be... Go ahead, Chris. I said that would be performance art. Carlos eating on top art. Yeah. yeah, performance okay, art, or you can do the suit. Thomas Crown Affair. You have to see that's how many seconds suit. it would take for the police to pounce on you when we took it down to eat your pizza. Like, and you have to do it very quickly. Um, Very, very <laughs> cool. So I think that leaves us with only, hey, you know what? I can't see the top. Okay, there we go. We have one more person. I got you. I got you. Thanks, Adam, the deck. Um, and that <laughs> would be Chris. Chris, we would like to hear the last round of your story in 45 seconds at the boom. All right, okay. Chris, you got the boom now. So as the Crusaders were heading back through Byzantine, uh, groups of local herdsmen would mix among them and bartering goods for foods and you know water, spirits, and more hemp. Uh, the invading army, in the chaos of all their celebrations, the herdsmen freed Sultan Saladin and hid him in a hamper and got free passage from the local governments all the way back to <laughs> Jerusalem. Uh, I, I'm sorry, laughing. I don't know what that is. Um, and because of their disregard for the agreement, um, the local governments, you know, were like, you know, we're not going to even, uh, you know, worry about these guys. The, 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 the time, the Muslim world was more advanced than than, the, than Western Europe, um, and they had more, they had, uh, you know, more culturally sophistication. Uh, so it was really this um, this small ragtag army, if you will, and they were kicked out. And canvas is made of hemp. That's what the thing is, Carlos. <laughs> at the end. Um, I like that they were sophisticated, but they still use the Moses uh, send your baby away technique <laughs> with the basket. Uh, Carlos, your thought? Uh, you know what? I still question Chris's story. I really do. There's just a lack of sincerity there. Um, and I feel like he's fibbing. I just oh. get the impression that he's fibbing. You know what? I know the the uh, the uh, roundulator ten thousand is all lit up. I'm gonna call it now. Chris <laughs> is the book. Chris is the book. I'm calling now. I know I'm jumping the gun. I'm jumping over the fence here. Chris, I think it's the book. How about oh, that? How oh about that? Goodness, wow. that was some snazzy playing because you did it before I even asked you. It, oh. it probably is a good time to ask everybody what they think because I mean I'll I'll weigh in on this in just a minute too if you want. Um, Chris, uh, it is your turn to the, the gauntlet has been thrown. You now get to say who you think was bluffing. Oh wait, but did All we right. hear Darren talk about? We did not hear Darren. Yeah. We Let's didn't hear because this might change my mind. I don't know. Clearly, Carlos's mind's made up. <laughs> well, uh, it's interesting. We've been talking about people being inspired by movies, and as soon as you said it, I knew you recently rewatched Raiders of the Lost Ark and the scene where Marion is put in a hamper and carried away. That's clearly your inspiration. Yeah, clearly your inspiration. That's a right. Like made next, of, of hemp. It's next year VHS copy of Aladdin. Yeah, <laughs> yes. uh, probably the two tapes got intertwined, and he, he saw Aladdin mixed with Raiders of the Lost. Ark. Oh, he made that cut. 
He intertwined them. He spliced them together. Yeah, he used like <laughs> tape and scissors. You know. I mean, I would watch that though, Chris. So Indiana Jones, a diamond in the rough. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I would watch uh, it too. <laughs> All right. So, um, so I think that does that does lead us to the end of the show. And then um, Adam and Adam alone is the only one who knows who the bluff is. But I'd like to ask Darren and Chris their opinion. So we'll go in that order. Darren, wh- who do you think is bluffing and why? And why does your story? Oh, uh, all this story about hemp and being in canvas, which is not even true. Hemp uh, canvas is made of cotton. He's just he's just distracting. <laughs> it originated us with, with fibers. Nope. Oh, oh. Cool. Mm. yeah. I don't know any of this, so I don't know who to believe. Um, Carlos is voting for for Chris, and then Chris, who do you vote for? Well, I think uh, first of all, I just would like to say that the original include hemp and cotton among other ingredients to make it look it up i i I did that's what inspired my story it's factual uh however i will say this carlos uh so i think carlos plus you know as as much as i um was you know chat gpt on darren i i I still think there are many more holes in carlos's story i think carlos is the bluff Oh, okay, so we have one vote for Carlos. We have two votes for Chris. And I'm not saying that I'm voting for Darren or not voting for Darren, but I'm not really sure I understood the factual nature of his story. So is it or is it not considered a real uh, art piece if somebody just puts a couple of brushstrokes and signs it? Did we ever figure that out? Well, my contention in the story is that all those people who spent thousands of dollars on Kincaid's as original artwork on cruise ships have stuff that's worth nothing. Nothing because the appraisers are not buying it. Okay, yeah, I get yeah. it. I the get answer it. is no. They're just autographs. Okay, so it's this like was, they, I they mean, printed the art and then the guy who made who made the original art autograph the copy. It's an man, autograph copy. That would copy. be so fun for artists if that was the way it could if work. It's it would true. Be so much faster. What's that? But he he, he got What's a free that? he got a free ship ride out of it, a free carnival cruise. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Right. Unless the ship right. was docked. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and then in which case his art. Uh, I don't know. Anyway, we're, that brings us to the end of the show, and Adam is the only one who knows. So I'm going to step out of the feed so Aaron, a- Adam can <laughs> get with the audience and give us the final, final bluff. I am prepared, and as Gina said, I and I alone hold the sacred truth knowledge of who the bluff is tonight, and we will reveal it now. Do you think it was Carlos? Or was your bluff Darren? Or could your bluff have been Chris? Let us reveal, tonight, your bluff, this entire time, has been Chris. Oh. Knew it. <laughs> Look at that face, the face that could only bluff tonight. <laughs> That's right. And I called now, it early, I... so I win. Yay. <laughs> uh, That's there were true. Because that's the new rule. Yeah. And then, but then you're tied with <laughs> yes. Darren, actually. So tiebreaker. You guys fight it to the death right now. What tiebreaker? I win. Oh. No. I so picked Carlos it first. Is, oh, that, Not, if you know. don't have a plate, you don't win. That's Why true. The plate, the plate. plate rules. Plate rules. Where's your plate? Where's your it's plate? in my bar. kitchen. That's Darren's holding up a plate. Really. Gina's holding up a Monet. You brought a knife to a plate fight, boy. This is on canvas. Made of hemp. Interesting. All right. (laughs) We had a fun time tonight. I hope you had fun being 
with us tonight. And um, Adam the Tech, roll us out of here. Say goodnight. Thanks to our historians and everybody. All right. Thank you, everybody. This has been another episode of History Bluffs, where truth is stranger than fiction. Join us next week. See you then.